Tate Robinson on. He's and there's goal of the season, Frank Murphy. Juliano Grazioli. Oh, absolute quality. I'm sure most people would say I was mad. Oh, Ryan Hello and welcome to another episode of the Downhill Second Half Podcast. Joining me, Ian DL, is a man who can code cells on an Excel spreadsheet with greater confidence than Barry Cogan smashing in that late winner at Hartlepool. It's our podcast producer, James Harrison. Good morning, everyone. And alongside him, a man who has burst into the podcast realm in the same kind of devastating form as Ollie Allen when he scored four goals in his first four games in 2007. The key question is... Can he do it over a whole series? Ready to answer his doubters, it's Craig Clayton. Good morning, Ian. Good morning, everyone. And I'm really pleased that we've got a fantastic guest uh, for today's show. Um, we're very excited to introduce him. Undoubtedly one of the best Barnet defenders of the 21st century, and probably before that too. Uh, left back, centre back, either's good for him. A rock at the back in the title win inside of 2005. And someone who arguably was at Barnet for a lot longer than his talent merited. All the shot away. That Halifax goal. Come on without, come on within. You've not seen nothing like Simon King. Thanks for the kind words. I really appreciate that. And good morning to everyone. Thank you very much. So um, before you sign for Barnet, um, we asked this to everyone, but did you have an awareness of the club or any sort of relationship with the club already? Or was it a brand new uh, venture for you? Uh, to be honest, it was all completely new for me. I don't know what the other lads said, but... Me personally, um, where, where I hadn't played much first-team football at Oxford, I was kind of like in that bubble. So I didn't really know much about Barnet. So it was completely new, fresh and exciting time for me signing for Barnet. Um, but it's not till you start playing first-team football, first football you know about other clubs, other players. And where, where I hadn't done that at Oxford United, I kind of like didn't know much about everything else going on in football. I just kind of caught in that bubble, just playing reserve team football. Never really had a chance. So, yeah, to be honest, I didn't really know much about Barnet. I just knew it was in London, and and then that was it, really, mate. To be honest, I um I remember sort of um, your unveiling being at yeah. a, a Martin Allen sort of Q and A session with all the supporters before a season. Yeah, uh, it just, just felt like quite a strange thing to happen in in, in the way it was set up. So. I'm interested to, to know how that signing came about. How did, how did Martin Allen know about you, firstly? And yeah. secondly, what was that sort of night like for you? Because it was just quite weird to be sat there, sat there in a situation like that with a lot of people asking those questions. Yeah, talk about chucking me at the deep end. I was only a kid from Oxford. This little quite shy lad, straight in the deep end. But I don't remember much about it. Just when you said that, it just come back to me. Um, yeah, I think, I think I initially went and met Martin Allen in the hotel with my youth team manager at the time, um, Oxford. And... We had a chat and obviously Martin Allen being a Martin Allen, quite intimidated, I couldn't really say no. And he offered me this opportunity to get out of Oxford Basin, start playing first team football. So I couldn't really say no, to be honest, mate. Um, yeah, and that was it, really. So he sold sold the club. He said it's going to be cause there's a hell of a lot of changes, wouldn't there? I don't think there's many players left that season from Barnet. So he said we're going to be in a lot of new faces, going to be a new challenge and a good job opportunity for me. So I couldn't really say no, mate, and it, it worked out well. Yeah, as you say, it was a big sort of turning point that summer. The club was kind of going in a bit of a, a worrying direction at the end of the year. Yeah. Kind of mid-table in the conference. Um, and so it was like a whole new team basically was put together. And obviously, yeah. like, it's gone from reserve football to 
you know, you're straight in, you're given the squad number three, you know, you played the first game of the season, you're straight into the side. Um, before we dive into the season itself, though, you're talking about being in the deep end and experiencing uh, the method, shall we say, of Martin Allen. <laughs> yeah. uh, one of the first things you must have done after signing was uh, attend the Martin Allen house party that we've had a, a few <laughs> insights into. I just wonder what your memories were of that uh, in the pre-season of 2003. Yeah, well, that's, that's just Martin Allen over. He's a bit, he's a bit different, isn't he? But he's, he's got his certain ideas and I, I liked it, really. Um, it was good for me because, like I said, I was a shy lad coming down from Oxford. I obviously didn't really know any of these lads and it was a few, he brought a few experienced boys in at the same time. So it kind of like helped me a little bit coming out of my comfort zone a bit. Um, and yeah, it's just one of his wacky ideas, which it, it, it was good. I, liked, I, I, I enjoyed working with Martin Allen and I thought he was a good manager. Maybe... I was a little bit young, so I think I was a little bit intimidated by him. I think if I had come across it later in my career, I could have handled the situation better. Um, but yeah, no, it was good. And I remember that. It was, it was just a good way to meet the lads, really. Because like you said, it was just such a new team, so many new faces. It was the best way to just chuck us all in the deep end, get to know each other, have a chat, have a beer, and the rest is history. We heard from, uh, heard from Gratz that you had to sort of win your place where you're going to sleep in the, in the house. Do you remember where you managed to bag? <laughs> I think, yeah, I think I shared a bed with Danny Maddox, I think, if I remember right. <laughs> <laughs> I happened to stay with him. And it's, yeah, it's all very surreal when you look back. I don't, I don't think you get things like that happening now, but obviously he was an ex... He, was, he had a decent career, didn't he? So yeah. a bit intimidating, like, so sharing a bed with him is not something you, you expect to do as a 20-year-old lad. <laughs> to on it. So... Yeah, but, like, so as, um, as Ian described, it was sort of... Uh, at the end of that season, perhaps, or the, the season previously, the club didn't really seem to be going in any sort of direction other than down or just, just sort of petering out into nothing. Was and then Martin yeah. Allen comes in Martin Allen comes in and sort of turns it around. And um, it felt like at the start of that season, almost straight away, that he got the supporters on board. Yeah. Very That's quickly. That's what he's good and at, isn't he? He's good at getting the club together, right? And it felt very... Yeah, you're right. And it, and it felt very quickly... Like there was a rapport between the players and supporters. Yeah. What was that sort of like for you uh, in terms of like your relationship with the supporters and then your relationships within the squad? Obviously, you, you sort of talked about you being quite quiet, quite shy. Like, so who did yeah. you knock about with, and who did you sort of uh, bond with most within within the team? Um, I think early on, when I was, I can't remember. I'm, yeah, I must have been twenty twenty one. So I feel kind of like you go towards the younger that kind of age group. You kind of like stick with, and then the, the senior pros stay together. Um, but yeah, it was chucked in the deep end. But I think it was good. It was it kind of like made me help me step out of my comfort zone. And like you said, Barn is such a little family or say a club. Um, you get to know everyone. You get to know the fans. And and I, I, I don't know from your point of view, was it exciting times bringing in a load of new faces, bringing in Martin Allen? Uh, exciting is the word. Absolutely, yeah. yeah because we we we'd um we got to a point where things have become so stagnant. Yeah. But then su- suddenly, okay, results are good. You know, we started that season really well. Yeah, we did start and it well. it feels didn't we? like we're getting more interaction with the team, more interaction with the players. Yeah. And suddenly we're going that. on this journey where, where things are really picking up. So from yeah. that perspective, like we were really bought into it. I guess, did you sort of feel that energy as well from, from where you were on, on across the white line, I suppose? Yeah. Well, that, that was my first proper season as playing first team football. So for me personally, it was an exciting time for me just to regularly play Saturday week in, week out, which was good. Although I was playing left back, which isn't my 
third position. Um, it was all it was all new to me, but I was loving it. I was it was tough, but also loving playing first team football. And I think with the the players he brought in, you had that experience with Hendo. Was he at the club? Was did he yeah. sunset? Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. He brought Grats in, didn't he? As well, so we had a, we had a good mixture of um, experienced players and especially players like you can't look up to and can help you develop as a player, which I think I needed at that age and that stage of my career. Yeah, I mean, like you say, it was kind of a very sort of formative season for you. And I think for us as well, like we we all met going to games at Barnet, the three of us. And, and that season yeah. in particular was kind of when, if you like, the social side of being a supporter, I think all kicked off for us as well. And, you know, like sort of you're making these mates and going, you know, you're getting the away trips and all that stuff was was really exciting. Yeah, um, I bet, yeah, I bet a good time. And, like, and, and again, you know, you were sort of living it on the other side of things. That it was it was all new for you playing first team football and and getting you know and, and being being the main main. I remember my mate at school had King Three on the back of his Barnet shirt. Um, oh, was it? Yeah. I, so I, I imagine at that point that was probably the first one of any of the fans that had given. Yeah. Him <laughs> yeah. Offered, so uh, oh, thank you for that, mate. Thanks. Um, Give him a little tenner for that. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, in terms, in terms of that that first season, obviously we'll come on in a little while to what happened towards the end of it. Um, yeah. For you, in the, in sort of the first half of the season, while Martin Allen was there, what were the kind of big moments or key things that you remember? Um, that first season, I remember loved playing at Unhill. Always loved that ground. Pitch was always lovely. Um, the Tuesday night games, always remember that under the floodlights. Always enjoyed them really much. Um, but yeah, that that season. I, for me personally, it was good to get established, but I don't think I was playing my best football. Um, and I think Martin Allen originally signed me because he, he seen me play a few times in reserves at Oxford. And I quite tended to play, you know, we play three centre-halves, so I was normally left centre-half. So, although I was kind of left-back a few years prior to that, it wasn't my preferred position. And um, I was just trying to do my best, really. I was trying to stay in the team. Um, but yeah, the season, oh yeah, I remember we started off well, didn't we? Yeah, um, big away wins, one at Stevenage, we won at um, yeah. 2-3. We were right up there sort of until about Christmas time, even challenging with Hereford and Chester for the top spot. Yeah, I think that yeah, that season was all, I think for me personally, it was all about development, developing my like first team football, developing me as a player, as a person as well. Um, and that back four then, I think it was Chris Plummer, Danny Maddox, Ian Hendon. They were all like 10 years older than me at the time, so it was good to learn and develop with them guys as well. They would help me out. But also, it was quite nerve-wracking because also it's all new to me. So, um, yeah, mixed emotions about that season. But all in all, it was it was probably the best I could have done at the time, and I really did enjoy it. Yeah, we we like Ian says, we started that season really well on the pitch. Did you find that you know as as sort of the results got better and we we're winning and all that sort of stuff? Did that sort of help you off the pitch as well in terms of your uh, sort of integration into a first team squad, um, yeah. and then sort of your relationship with players, like going out after games and all that sort of stuff. Did that did that sort of yeah build that, that up, or was it just something exactly? You did yeah, I was just gonna say yeah, that starts further. I think that helps when you win games as well because obviously the team spirit starts building and the momentum. Obviously, with the year after the conference, once that momentum starts building, and then you start building up relationships with the lads and start getting close to like Shreves, I was good mates with Grats, we will become very good friends in that. So, and that, I think that comes with performances on the pitch when you start playing well. It kind of like, it helps with that. Um, yeah, and ju just being part of Barnet Football Club at the time, it was, it, was a, it was a nice family club and obviously you get, get close with the fans and, and yeah, even my dad and my nan used to love coming down. So it was such, you kind of like meet the same face, you get to know everyone. It was just a, 
it was a feel-good club lad, do you know what I mean? So it was a bit of a funny one. We talk about it being a formative season. I think in many ways it, it, it probably wouldn't mean as much to you, but it was probably a new beginning or the first new beginning since we got relegated. It really felt like everything was coming together. Martin yeah. Allen has that way of bringing brand new players, but also fans, maybe some fans that weren't going, everyone back together. Yeah. We were doing quite well that season. And then just before we get to the end of the season, he, he disappears and goes off <laughs> uh, and, and leaves. Um, yeah. For us, that was a massive shock. And it was, I think we all described it like having your first heartbreak, actually. <laughs> it was a really <laughs> weird one for us. But, was um, it? But for you, uh, for you as one of those players, I guess, would have, again, he gave you your break. Um, how, how do you feel when you, when, you, when you hear that he's going? Yeah, it's all... Uh, like, like what you said, it's, it's difficult at the time. Um, and I'll always be very grateful because he gave me the opportunity to play first-team football. Um, but football, you, you come to kind of like deal with these situations. You just have to keep going. Um, it's all a bit of a shock. It always happens so sudden in football. Like you kind of like one minute he's there, next minute he's gone. Um, and you find that in football. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's difficult because you just have to get on with it. You just have to try and stay professional and keep doing your job. And also, we were in quite a good position, weren't we, at the time? So you can't yeah. let that kind of affects you because you want to push for a promotion and ideally get promoted that season. So you kind of like have to try and get on with your job. And, and also, you, you, in the back of your mind, a little bit worried who might come in. You might get another manager you might not fancy and you're stuck on the bench for the rest of the season. So that's in your back of your mind as well. So when he left, you just have to keep trying to play the best football you can and stay in the team and then hopefully out of the team get promoted. Yeah, well, and obviously, so Martin Allen leaves. We had a week or so where it was a bit unclear who was going to be in charge. I think uh, Hendon and Maddox took the next game up uh, Forest Green, I think it was. And then yeah. Paul Club comes in for the final six or seven league games um, and just about steers us into the playoff. I think we had a bit of a, bit of a wobble. Um, and obviously, we, we sort of snuck in on the last day, beat Lee RMI 2-1. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And obviously, for, for you, you say, first season in football, you're a young lad, 2021. 20, um how much of a disappointment at the time did the Shrewsbury playoff feel to you? Because, you know, did you sort of think you're going to have this season where it's your first, it's your breakthrough season, if you like, in football, and it's almost going to have this fairy tale ending of a promotion at the end? Yeah. How hard to get over was that disappointment of the playoffs? Yeah, just thinking back now, because obviously when I knew I was doing this core, you try and look back and think of your emotions and how you're feeling at the time. I remember it was hard. And because that was my first real kind of like heartbreaking football. So obviously, when I left, obviously, it was difficult. But in terms of playing football, um, yeah, it's your first real, that gut-wrenching feeling. Like, and just, you just want to cry. Like, you know, where you're so passionate, you're so hyped up for these playoff games. And then to lose on, was it penalties? When I can't remember the score yeah. in the end. But yeah, lost on penalties. Yeah, up. you don't know what to do. Or you, just, you just feel a bit lost. You feel a bit, um, yeah, just upset, really. Because, yeah, cause I suppose I would have dealt with it differently but, yeah, as you get older. But... Well, so young, and it was such a on a personal note, good season. Um, and then, like I said, it would have been a fairy tale. Get released from Oxford, go to Barney, get promoted back into the league football straight away would have been brilliant. But yeah, so I think it was tough to take. But then I think you just have to move on. And, and I think we were going in the right direction, which was the main thing. Yeah, um, and especially with we'll the come on to the how much how how much went right the following season in just a second. Yeah, obviously Paul Fairclough came in at that point, and he might not have known a lot about you or you about him uh, beforehand. Did you sort of have a good relationship with him from, from the off? Because I guess from your, your point of view, you might have been thinking, well, you know, if he doesn't know much about me, like you said, a new manager might want to bring his own players in. Was there any concern yes. on your part that you weren't going to be part of his plans? Or was it very clear straight away that 
you had that relationship and he was going to you know build a team with you in it yeah well I think initially the polar opposites don't they Martin Allen and Fairclough the, the manage, managing side of things completely different and I think at, at the age I was I think Paul Fairclough's style would have suited me better he wasn't that intimidating figure who would kind of like if you made a mistake, you kind of like you, you know you could get away with it to a certain extent with Paul Fairclough. He wouldn't hammer you or anything like that. Not that Sam Martin Allen did that all the time, but um, so I think he would have suited my me personally a lot better. And and that's his. I don't think because he come in quite late on, you can't go making too many tweaks and that because you kind of like you haven't got enough time basically to to kind of like get his stamp of football. And but obviously what he did in for the following season when he had the summer off and brought his players in. So we couldn't do too much in terms of changes in there. Um, so I don't think we saw the real poor Fairclough till the following season. Um, I think he just had to try and carry on with what we had built, built that season and just kind of finish off on a high. Um, and then obviously with the following season coming up, I put everything right and got promoted, didn't we? So yeah, and I yeah. think you just I think you described it that playoff sort of feeling really well. Of it was it was gut wrenching and it was yeah it was gutting, but we were moving in the right direction. Um, you know, some of us, some of us, took that day a little bit emotionally. Um, some of us didn't react too well to it. But you know, when you get over the heartbreak, <laughs> the, the second heartbreak in what about six weeks after Martin Allen left, and then the playoff <laughs> defeat—it's just a what a terrible few months for us all. But then yeah. you sort of you get over it in the summer, you move on, and you go through the pre-season. Yeah. Um, then Paul Fairclough is obviously in charge, and for you personally you're sort of then starting to transition to centre-back. Yeah. Was, was that something for you that you always wanted to do? Or, or how was that sort of move from the left to the middle? Because obviously he had, he had Simon Cliss that was a centre-midfielder that he then... Centre-midfielder, yeah. But then you moved into the centre, centre of defence. So how did that come about and, and how yeah. did that make you feel? I can't really remember, to be honest. We never had, like, he never called me into his office saying, King, you're going to play centre-half this season. I think it... I think it just happened. I think the same with Clisty. He just ended up playing left-back and it suited him. And obviously, he had a, he had a great season that season, wasn't he? He's solid, consistent. Um, yeah, and I think he Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, he's only missed, wasn't he? I forgot about that. Bloody Clisty. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, I never had that initial moment where he called me in and said, oh, you're going to be playing centre-half now. I think it just kind of happened. And I think... It, for me personally, it suited my game better. I, I was quite comfortable on the ball, and especially at Fairclough, the, the way style of football he wanted to play, getting coming up for the keeper, getting it out, and starting our attack from the back, really. And that, I like that because I felt a bit more involved, whereas I didn't really suit left back as much, I don't think. And plus, I was losing a bit of pace. So, <laughs> um, and I, yeah, I just, I just felt more involved, and I like that battle with strikers being centre half, and I just think it suited me better. Yeah, and we started that season again really well, even better than the season before. Like Paul Fairclough yeah. made a couple of key signings: Dean Sinclair, Nicky Bailey, people like that that really added a real spark to the team. Yeah, you then moved into centre back, and you've become a a goal scoring centre back. You've you've you started, <laughs> yeah. you started chipping in with a few goals. I remember there was a goal against uh, your, actually your first goal against uh, Morecambe, where you sort of dribbled it from the halfway line and just said, "I'm having a shot." And it's yeah. gone in. Um, I think that was against Morecambe. Was that Accrington? That was Accrington. That was the week oh. before the shock. So I actually corrected me on this yesterday, James, as well. I made a mistake. <laughs> We're I not editing that out either. He got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I 
The Morecambe goal was left footed up the other end in the North yeah, Coast, I remember now. Sorry. That wasn't a bad finish. Yeah. I, I, I've only seen that the other day for the first time since I scored. I thought, bloody hell, that wasn't a bad finish. Yeah. Put me up front, get a few more goals. Well, there were a few more and we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll come on to talk about a particular goal. <laughs> yeah. um, Which one's but, that, mate? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I, I think, to be fair, the one that we, when we think of Simon King, the goal scorer, the one that we always think about is the Aldershot one. Because yeah. that, that was a great day out anyway. But do you, do you remember yeah. that one? And that, like, was that a, a big moment for you, that one? Or is it just something that we uh, we, we had for us? <laughs> yeah, well, I get, I get reminded every year that I was on Twitter and that. So, yeah, <laughs> I kind of watched it back a few times. But, yeah, that was, it was, uh, yeah, because I think I, Hendo just got some deal with Hummel, I think, the boots. So I just started wearing them. And I think that Accrington goal, the one you were talking about, I scored that week before as well. So yeah. I, was, I was on fire at the time. So, but I think that was, Mainly come down from Paul Fair because he gave, he gave me that confidence to dribble out from the back. Um, we kind of was so well drilled in training. When I did come out, we had Nicky Bailey, Dwayne Lee to fill in behind me. So I knew that if I did lose it, I'd, we'd have a bit of backup. But yeah, I think he gave me that confidence. And then, yeah, that older shot goal, yeah, wasn't a bad finish, if I don't mind saying myself. It was all right. Do yeah. I remember right, yeah. Ian, that you had a newspaper clipping of that that you'd kept for for years as well. He might still have it knocking around. <laughs> I think it will surface on Instagram when we're promoting this, uh, this episode. So uh, it'll be back out there. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think I want to thank you for that moment because it, <laughs> it, it caused, I mean, it's 16 years ago and I remember it clear as day. It caused yeah, what some, it was. Bloody hell, I feel old now. <laughs> I know, so do I. It, it caused some absolutely outrageous scenes on the terraces. And I think, yeah. I, almost, I think I was almost talking myself into trouble with a, with the local constabulary at the time, it was, yeah. <laughs> a, a little bit, yeah. uh, a little bit worse to wear at the age of seventeen. But it was such a great moment in that season, and it really, um, yeah. it was another one where we were up against it. But yeah, every, it was a tough game. I remember the battle that game. That in the first game. half of that season, we were really up against it in several games. Like we came up against like Exeter, Carlisle, games like that. Yeah, there was a point in there where you sort of think we're really good and we're going to win this league. Yeah, I, yeah, I think, yeah, because when I watched it back, because uh, Jeff sent me the link for the YouTube that highlights all that season, and you watch it back, I didn't realise how good we were. Like, do you know what I mean? I don't want to blow our own trumpet, but I didn't realise how, you look at the players we had, we had such a good team then. I don't know how you guys feel about, in terms of that general all-round team. Yeah. I think, yeah. yeah. Was, was it Simon? Was it in and around then that you um, played for the England C team as well? Was that was that that season that you, you got your first go at that? I think it must have been. Yeah, I think it was. Well, actually, was it was actually goal, goal scoring form in November two thousand four. You scored the two in the league against Accrington and Aldershot, and also a goal, yeah. I believe, in Italy. Yeah, um, that's it. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, it was that the same kind of time, was it? Yeah, I think it was yeah, literally yeah. within a few weeks. So whatever those new boots were, they must have... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've kept them. <laughs> yeah, they were good there. What, what was that like as an experience? Because obviously it's, it's quite a sort of unique thing. I don't think a lot of people in football generally really know about the non-league England team. No, well, I didn't um, know about it before. Obviously, Paul Fairclough, because he was manager at the time, wasn't he? So, yeah, I didn't know much about it, to be honest. But, no, that was good. Really good experience. Um, yeah, just went away. Yeah, that was Italy, wasn't it? Went away and... I just remember playing against this and they were completely different. Uh, they were so physical. I've never come across that in, in, in playing in England. Uh, yeah, just shirt pulling. They were strong. Like, so, yeah, it was a good experience for me. It was good, good to meet a few of the other lads that we play against week in, week out. Um, so, I think it's me. There's a few lads from Barney, weren't there? I think it's yeah, Israel. I think, I think Dean Sinclair was there. And Dean I think, Sinclair, uh, yeah. 
I think you and Yakabu, so it was the same sort of centre-half pairing as yeah. the country as well. And I was just thinking then that you must have had such a good relationship that season because the year before, you played left-back. And as I recall, Ishmael Yakabu played left midfield. So, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to go from a left-hand side <laughs> to two centre-backs. Yeah, so it worked. Very great. Yeah. For whatever reason, uh, it did work. Um, and obviously, you know, I suppose that was just a bonus in, in the season where you're flying already anyway. I think, you know, just to give it the full, just that Aldershot goal, I think, like we said, was such a sort of pivotal moment in the season because I think we went something like seven points clear with that goal. It would have been four or five. Oh, we were always comfortable, but I think that was a real moment in the season where it kind of, the belief sort of grew that, yeah, we are going to do this and we're, we're you know, we're yeah. clear. Um, and it was funny because I remember that, that kind of, that season, especially the first half of the season, we were flying through. Like we were beating teams off the park, and it, and it was it was great, and it was exciting as a fan. We had a lot of goals, weren't we? So many yeah. goals we had scored, I didn't realise. But where I think the Aldershot one was different was that it was we had that it had that element of like it came from nowhere. Like it was you know it was yeah. a good game. It could have gone either way, and it's got you know this volley from the edge of the box out of nowhere. Um, and I just remember, yeah, the like we said, the sort of the scenes from the goal. James, I remember at the end, you just like falling into my arms. I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure there was almost a few tears letting out of James. <laughs> Such was the, the emotion of the whole moment. Um, yeah, no, okay, that, was, yeah. that was brilliant. And it set the tone, obviously. I think that, I think from our point of view, you might say different, but it looked like that helped the team kick on as well. Like maybe that was a big one in terms of giving belief. Going yeah, yeah. yeah it's then, moments like that. Yeah, definitely. In the next run of games, we had Lee RMI the week after. I think Lee Roach scored in stoppage time. We won 3-2. The week yeah. after that, we won 3-1 at Gravesend. Oh, yeah, Crawley away. Gravesend away. Like, it's massive away wins. And we'd gone from Aldershot two weeks before Gravesend. We were seven points clear. We were third yeah. clear by Gravesend. So, you kind of... Was it? By the middle of December, we've, we've pulled pulled away, basically. Pulled away, yeah. Um, was there ever kind of any risk amongst the players of complacency? Or was it very much that, you know, we've got a job to do and we're going to we're going to just take each game as it comes and ignore the, the points on the table and how big the gap's becoming. Yeah, I think it, obviously subconsciously you're always aware of that gap, but I think the mentality at the time, we were all quite young and it was all new to us. We were just taking each game by each game as it comes. And I think the good thing about that older shot game, it showed we could grind out results as well. Because before that, sometimes we were hammering teams, weren't we? And we did play some good football that, that season. And we, yeah, we were steamrolling teams, weren't we? But that, yeah, like you said, that older shot game, it showed that we can grind our results, we can dig in. So that was a tough game. I remember that being a battle. I remember when I scored that goal, I tried to get... Because the fans were on the left-hand side, weren't they? Yeah, my little open terrace. Yeah, I tried to run over, but I think Strebs, he just grabbed me. and he, I think his face <laughs> was so shocked that I scored a goal like that. Um, I couldn't move and just got mobbed. But yeah, they're, they're, obviously, you guys probably remember it well. And the memories, they're never gonna, you're never going to forget moments like that. And they are pivotal moments in the season, I think. Because um, it gives you that belief, gives you that confidence and... Like you said, we're kicking on and we'd start to build a gap at the top of the conference. And but yeah, at the time I don't think we thought about that. I think we were just we were just enjoying it. We were just enjoying playing. We had, we had a good good team spirit at the time as well, on and off the pitch. And you just got the momentum's building each, each game, and we just carried on doing our job. And we and we I think we started to get that confidence where we knew if we did our job, we would we would beat the teams comfortably. Like, do you know what I mean? So, and I think confidence is such a big thing in football. And once you get that confidence and start that winning mentality, which is starting to come, I don't know you guys felt. I don't know if you thought were you getting a bit nervous or did you believe we were going to go and win it? I think there was a little bit of like we went for a little bit of a run around sort of January, February, where we lost a couple of games and all that sort of stuff, and and the gap was being cut to I don't know ten points. And you're looking at it like <laughs> we we might we might 
because Barnet have got a history. This is before our time, but Barnet have got a history of massively yeah. bottling it before. Oh, really? The end of the season. So there's like times in the eighties where we were very much in the mix, and then there would have been older supporters who would have been going at the time who would have had that in their head, thinking we we can't possibly mess this up. But then there was the more optimistic among us who was sort of like. You know, as it was still formative, it was we were going away each week. We were having a few drinks. We were having fun. Yeah. But we always we always sort of believed that it was going to be there or thereabouts. And then Carlisle sort of slowed down a little bit, and then yeah, I think yeah we, we, we moved into it. Sorry, Craig. Go on. There's, I mean, there's also another element as well, which I think is that for certainly people our sort of age and our sort of era, um, who would have seen us in the league um, miss out in two playoffs and then get. <laughs> Um, there's almost that and then the year before of course where we got to the playoffs and it didn't quite work out there's always that little bit of well this is what Barnet do they get close and then it, it just all falls away it was a bit yeah. there's a bit of belief uh, that we were so far ahead um, when we got there and I, probably for, for a lot of people would have been the first time we ever saw saw us win anything or be in that kind of position so it was yeah. very new I think yeah yeah sometimes you have to pinch yourself don't you when you're getting that big gap and you can't yeah, then you might lose a game and then the gap smores and you start panicking. But no, I don't think we did. I think we just carried on doing doing what we did. And we we worked hard on a lot of team shape and we were very well drilled that season as well. We knew we all knew our jobs and I was just thinking if you look around the team we had, we just had we had that bit of we had that blend of experience. We had Gratz, obviously the goal machine. What can you say about him? We obviously just knew he was gonna score every time he got a chance. We had the creativity of Richie Graham, we had the legs of Nicky Bailey, Dean Sinclair, and I think you just look around. That was a good, good, solid team, and we we were getting that confidence, and we just we just knew that we could we could beat teams comfortably on our day. Yeah, and I think obviously in in the end, like I say, we had that little wobble in February, got uh, beaten quite heavily at Accrington, but the week after, we were speaking to Scott Tynan the other day, and he was saying about beat all, all the time again. Actually, we played them at home, and we probably had to grind that one out. We won two one, Sinclair sent off towards the end, and I think we kind of. That one, I think, gave everyone the kind of reassurance, obviously, that it's going to be fine. We're still miles ahead. We've had a little wobble. And, and as I recall after that, we kind of, we did go on a run and we were smashed. We had quite a nice run in against like Lee RMI, Farnborough, teams like that. And yeah. it kind of went back to the start of the season where we were sort of smashing teams off the park and scoring three. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? And it became obviously a matter of kind of when we were going to do it rather than if we were going to do it. And obviously we went up to Northwich and had a bit of a anticlimactic day where we could <laughs> yeah. family. Uh, and I think you know it just was a, a real, a real flat one. You know, we had loads of fans. Yeah. It was we just... were terrible, weren't we? If I remember, we were terrible. I don't know what happened that day. Lost I think two. we wanted to do it at the underhill. We had to win it at the underhill, didn't we? Yeah, and well, obviously that takes us nicely on to to the next week. Which obviously we talked about a couple of your goals that season, but then after that little glut in November, the next one you scored actually was one of your, another very significant goal was against Halifax on the day yeah. that we clinched the title. Um, just wonder, kind of obviously that was a huge day for the club, for the supporters. What what was what are your memories of that day? How special was that if you kind of put it in the perspective of your whole football career? Yeah, that's that definitely yeah, such one of those days you're just never gonna forget. Like and the memories you can't take away from me. Um yeah, so I think I've I must have been celebrating on the first goal because um I don't know if you remember this first because they went one nil up, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. And I feel I got caught out for their first goal. I feel I must have already been bloody drinking champagne or something, so I've been caught under the ball. <laughs> But then, yeah, to score, to like, redeem myself a bit, so that was always good. Um, but, yeah, it's just you just going into that game, you've got the massive buzz and you, you're just so excited for the game. And a lot of my, my friends and family come down from Oxford and you just know you're that far away from doing it and you just know you've got to put, 
put a decent display in and get the job done. And it, it was quite touching, really, because it was. I think Gratz and Streb scored the other goals, didn't they? Yeah. And us three had become really close that season. We uh, uh, shared cars to like take to train and that. Yeah, we become good friends that year. So it was nice that we all scored on the final day, like so. Yeah, yeah, it's just brilliant. And then I can't. And then obviously the rest of it's all a bit blurry <laughs> after the game. And that, yeah, well, it's it, but keeping in mind the general vibe of the podcast. Is there anything that particularly you want to talk about from the evening afterwards? Like. <laughs> <laughs> that, obviously, we remember being in the Weaver until, well, until way past the time it should have closed. Yeah. But obviously, you boys were in there at some point as well. Is there anything, like, particularly memorable from that that you remember? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I remember, yeah, because I think we came down to the Weaver, didn't we? Yeah. You did, yeah. Was that straight after the game? Yeah, I can't, I can't remember what we did after the game. I think, was that a bit later on? I can't really remember. Yeah, I but think... I some of the other guys were saying you had to do a bit in the club in the yeah, dark, and then you came down and joined us in the in the pub. Yeah, up. that was kind. I think you know, when I just remember popping the champagne, nearly taking someone's eye out. It was just yeah, it was brilliant. It's just uh, yeah, they're great, great days. And then I think because I, I was living um, just off around the back of the ground in a chap called Henry. I probably you guys probably yeah, know, haven't yeah. you? So, oh yeah, I was laughing about it the other day. It's like a scene from Bloody Hangover the morning after, <laughs> and he walked down the stairs. I think if we wouldn't have won the title that day, I think I'd he probably booted me out there and then. But the fact he was so happy as well, I think I got away with it. But bless him, I did uh, did have some good times around there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, I think one of the others might have mentioned that the party might have started and finished there that, that night yeah, uh, yeah. With, a, with a few bits in between that may or may not be mentioned yeah um, I think I think Hendo was sleeping on the ironing board I think there was lads <laughs> everywhere someone in the bathroom someone in the bath it was just chaos but yeah it's still still to this day one of the best nights I've ever had like you know what I mean what was I it like living, living that close to the ground? It's quite an unusual situation for a player to literally be able to look out of his back window whatever yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it was weird. I don't know how that came about. I think, I don't know. God knows how that came about. But I think I was struggling a little bit financially because it was obviously, wasn't on much money at Barnet and this opportunity came up. So, and I wasn't driving as well. So that limited. So it was ideal. I could just roll out of bed straight, come three o'clock. I was there a couple of minutes away. But um, yeah, bless Henry. Yeah, he looked after me and very grateful. He gave me the opportunity to stay there. And um, yeah, it was yeah, weird being that close to the ground. Um, but yeah, help me out that season kind of thing. I suppose coming out of that, um, you then get that, I suppose, that, that moment to play football league. Um, you, you, we, we go up. It's a bit of a weird summer because I think that we, we changed our formation. We went from playing 4-4-2 to, a, I think, well, I think it was described as 4-3-3, but it often looked a bit more like 4-5-1. I think we were a bit yeah. more negative. We went up and changed our style. I think Gratz had mentioned that he felt that a bit of that was what stopped us progressing. I think some of the other players said that as well. But, but for you, again, how, how was that for you stepping up to a new league and and, uh, and all the things that come with that? Yeah, it was good. It was exciting because especially when I, when I left Oxford, they were in the football league, weren't they? So to drop down, um, you're always a bit worried because you, you never know if you could get that opportunity to get back into the football league. So to do it with the club who gave me the opportunity to start playing first in football was great. So yeah, we were all, all excited and then... Um, you just go away on your holidays that summer and you're just looking forward to it. You just want to get back to it. And especially you want to challenge yourself, um, play against whole different players and you just want to keep progressing and look forward look forward to the oncoming season. I think it was as well, we had that um, we had that cup run as well, right at the beginning of that as well, which uh, I suppose 
the, the moment that everyone really remembers will be the Man United bit. But we talked a bit on, on this a bit uh, about when that draw happened and where we were and how we felt. Do you remember uh, where you were when, um, when Man United Barnet came out the hat? Um, I think I was actually in Henry's house, probably freezing my nuts off because he'd never had the heating on, would he? So, <laughs> <laughs> I was probably had about three coats on up in my bedroom <laughs> watching the telly. Um, but yeah, I think I was just there. Cause it, was it on a Sunday or something like that? It was it, Saturday lunchtime just before the, Saturday lunch. we had a home game against Rochdale. It was just oh, was it? Yeah, yeah I would probably just be, yeah. Yeah, that was quality when that comes through. Probably from you, your boys' point of view, that must have been crazy to see that. Well, yeah, yeah, we, 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 we described it where we were in the Durham suite watching it and uh, it's, it's not an exaggeration to say that tables were on the... Well, tables <laughs> were everywhere and pint glasses were everywhere. It was not an exaggeration to say the place really? was nuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's quality, wasn't it? That must have been brilliant. Um, yeah, especially from a player's point of view, it's something to look forward to. But I think... I remember going into it because I think we did we play Mansfield the Saturday before. Yeah. yeah, I think I was one booking away from getting suspended. I don't know if I would have missed the United game or would it have been a league game. I can't remember, but I remember being a bit cautious in that game. I don't think I made a tackle. <laughs> Just in case. I think quite a few players were cautious. Not given sure if anyone did. We got spanked and we lost four 0 yeah. yeah, yeah. I think we turned up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose it, yeah, it's difficult because that's always going to be a distraction. You try and play it down and say no, we weren't concentrating on that game, but. To have that in your back of your mind, Old Trafford, and that, it's always going to be a bit of a distraction. I'd be, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't. Um, so, yeah, obviously we didn't turn up, did we, on that Saturday? But Yeah. Done you a bit of a disservice there, Simon, as well, because we've skipped ahead to the third round. But obviously, we wouldn't have got there if we hadn't beaten Plymouth in the second round. Um, and again, maybe not as good as the order shot one, but certainly <laughs> I thought the, your best goals for Barnet was your goal in that game. Yeah, that wasn't a bad strike, was it, that one? Yeah, I was quite happy with that one. I think that was probably technically maybe a bit better than the old shot goal. Uh, but I think in terms of pivotal moments, I think the older shot goal would be my favourite ever goal. Um, yeah, because that Plymouth one was just, I think it would come from a corner, didn't it? And it cleared, out, cleared out. I was still making my way up. I must have been struggling getting up that hill. Uh, so I was a bit late getting up there. But yeah, it just fell perfect. And I just caught, caught it sweetly and luckily flew in the top, top corner. Yeah, so then it gets to Old Trafford. And uh, I mean... It was a surreal experience for us, as you can imagine, like a small club like Barnet going to play in front of 45,000 or whatever the crowd was. Um, you know, we were up in that sort of top tier and it was just an right, experience. Top, you? Yeah, I remember looking up. Um, just what, what was that like for you? Obviously, you've described about how you were playing reserve football and you've, you've had some success in your career. You've, you know, you've been in playoffs and you've you won the league, but then you're playing at Old Trafford and you're yeah. playing at some, some of the top players in, in the country. Um, what was the day like? What was the match like? And obviously, given the circumstances of the match, obviously with what happened with with Ross Flitney, um, how did that sort of feel? How did how did it how did it feel across the ninety minutes and beyond? Yeah, it's, it, yeah, those moments are very surreal because you just have to pinch yourself because obviously, as a kid, being a big football fan and you, you, the iconic stadiums and obviously Sir Alex Ferguson, an iconic manager, and yeah, it's just very surreal. Really, you just have to try and. You just don't want these moments to pass you by, and you just have to try and enjoy it. But it's, it's always up. You always get a bit of nerves, obviously, playing playing in these kind of games. But I think I think at the time I was just looking forward to it. Um, it's just that excitement, that kind of like yeah, like as a little boy, you just see see these stadiums on the telly, and now you just dream about. I know it's a bit of a cliche. People say you dream about playing in these, but you generally do as a footballer. You want to you want to play at these best stadiums, and to do that, and to walk out down the tunnel, and that it's, it's looking back is it's crazy, guys. It's um, 
brilliant moment. And obviously, I still to this day don't know what Ross Fulton was doing. Um, <laughs> um, but no, bless him. It was obviously we know what happened. But these things happened. I felt a bit sorry. Was it Louis? It was the yeah. Yeah, yeah, I felt, felt really sorry for him. I don't think he even touched the ball, did he? Um, before getting checked, substituted, like so. You got to feel for him a little bit, but all in all, it's still a great experience. I don't know how you guys felt. Um, one of those, like, another one of those brilliant memories. It ended up being a good day for Scott Tymon, though. Uh, yeah. And uh, I think he felt, from, from what we remember, what he, sorry, what he remembered, he felt a little bit. Uh, a bit aggrieved about being left out of that one anyway. And I think he mentioned, I don't know how, how, how you remember it, but he, I think he was quite happy with you and a couple of the others as well. So I guess, it, was it a, is it nice when your mate comes on or is it, or is it it's just, a, it's just football, it's just, it's just your job? Yeah, yeah, I don't think you look at it like that. I think you just like, yeah, obviously, please for him to come in. Um, I can't remember who was playing before that. It was, so I remember they were changing quite a bit, weren't they? No, that's sort season, of, it's him swapped a bit at the beginning. Yeah. But yeah, like, like, like Scotty said, we, we've become good mates. Um, we got on really well on and off the field. Um, yeah, so it's good, obviously, for him to come on. Um, not in those circumstances, though, really. Um, but yeah, all in all, it was, just a great, it was a great great night. I know we got lost 4-1, but you just want to try and do yourself proud and try and make the most of it and not let the game pass you by. And I think we still done all right, because we're down to 10, 10 players at Old Trafford. We still try and play our game and play the football we wanted to do. Yeah, I noticed um, you had the you had the shirt up on in your display there. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That was just a one-off shirt, wasn't it? That one. Yeah, the the purple and black fifty quid half and half shirt. Was it? <laughs> yeah, I got to keep that, mate. Yeah, I'd like to try to get it signed, but I didn't. I didn't think about it at the time. But um, yeah, got to put that up. That's one of my favourite shirts. That one. Yeah, yeah, I had I had Sinclair seventy four printed on the back of mine. What was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, of course we scored. Yeah, so that was great to get a goal at Old Trafford. Though. Yeah, I think that was that was the, the sort of the highlight of the day for us. I mean, we were three 0 yeah. down. It was you got as excited as if we'd gone one 0 up. It was brilliant, and I think yeah, yeah, like you say, that that's a memory that for players and supporters you can't sort of take away. That a team like Barnet going to Old Trafford, it, you know, yeah. potentially once in a lifetime sort of thing, and it and it was a great experience. But arguably, that was kind of the the high point for a little while, certainly of that season, we'd kind of been on this crest of a wave. We've won the league. We've gone into the football league, back in the league cup, gone to Old Trafford. Like everything's brilliant, you know? And I think even though the, the results in the league had wobbled a bit in the run up to that, no one was too worried. Um, but obviously I'd say, you know, two or three months further down the line, we're very sort of nervously looking over our shoulders as we're kind of sliding down in the wrong direction. Yeah. The um, and we spoke, as we said already to Scott Tynan, who's quite an interesting one to speak in terms of, he was one of the key members of the title winning team and was one of the first ones out the door in that season. Um, obviously, he'd spoken about him and Paul Fairclough not maybe seeing eye to eye. Um, and, you know, I think from your point of view, you've been disappointed your Monday night Eros buddy was... <laughs> I was wondering that as we get brought up. <laughs> but, um... He's a good wingman. He was a good wingman. <laughs> but uh, on a serious note, obviously, that the, the title winning team does start to kind of split up during that season and new players come in. Um, was the mood in the squad, from your point of view, was it like markedly different to the year before? Um, was there not that same kind of team spirit? And was that something to do with why things started to go wrong like they did? Yeah, I, I've been asked this a few times, really, why we didn't kick on when we got into football. I don't know what the other lads said. I don't know what, they're kind of like, what the impression you got from them. But, yeah, we just never... I don't know, maybe, maybe it was a tougher league. Maybe we didn't make the step up. Because um, we had quite a small squad, didn't we? So... And I think that year we won the conference, it was pretty much you could pick this starting 11, couldn't you? 
Yeah. Um, so maybe a few injuries crept in and yeah, I don't know, maybe we found it tough. Maybe we weren't used to losing on a regular basis. So um, yeah, I've never really been able to put my finger on why we never really, because I thought we'd do quite well in Football League with that team we had from the conference. I don't know what you guys feel. Um, yeah, and I think we started brilliantly as well. I think we felt yeah. that it was going to, after the first couple of games, when we were like winning up at Northampton, uh, first away game, we thought, oh, this going to be easy. We're going to win, win the league again. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, false sense of like, yeah, I, I don't know, to be honest, but I've never been able to put my finger. I don't know how you guys feel about it. Um, no, yeah, great. I personally thought that summer we'd go on and kick on again and even maybe challenge to go up again. Obviously, maybe that's a bit hopeful, but in the end, it's... I think correct. The, the formation change was quite a big a big impact where, where we'd had a very attacking team the year before, two forwards, um, especially someone like, like Kim who got all those goals um, yeah. relied on having someone next to him and then suddenly that, course, that's not yeah. there and we, and we change a bit. I think did Richard Graham get a little bit injured towards the middle of that season as well and he'd been so instrumental the year before. Yeah, may have played yeah. but, you know, one of those yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, it's difficult. Yeah, I don't think maybe he wasn't as big as influence as he was the season before like with injuries and that. And Yeah, I don't think there's one certain thing why we didn't kick on again. I think there's maybe a few different things and yeah, we never... That momentum never carried on really, and it was always going to be difficult then. Um, and it turned out being a bit of a scrap, bit of battle, didn't it, just to stay up in the end? So yeah, yeah. we we were in a we were in a, a sort of battle with about I think we got to the end of the season, and I think like six other teams could go down because yeah. we went to Rushton, didn't we? That's and, it. Yeah, uh, I remember that. Rushton were already down. We and, had to win. Uh, Did we have to win, or I think I think we needed to win to to be safe, but I think we could have drawn because we ended up yeah. winning. I think, we, I think we ended up finishing like 18th or something stupid. So it tells you how many teams could have gone. Could have gone I can't, down, remember, yeah. who, I can't, I can't remember who it was that ended up going in the end. Yeah. Maybe I'm doing League 2 a disservice, really. Maybe, I think as we step up that league, mate, I think it's, it's a tough league, League 2. And also, I think back then, wasn't there quite a few teams in the conference still part-time? So you've got to remember, yeah, we were steamrolling teams in the conference, but we weren't going to do that in League 2. There were, Better organised, yeah. better, better it, was, it, was, it was odd that, it was odd that sort of, it, we, we sort of found it odd that Carlisle managed to do it, but we didn't. So I didn't yeah. know if there was anything, because there was, there was a bit of talk at the time about how Carlisle were perhaps, certainly in the conference, a little bit um, bitter about how things turned out. But then obviously they ended up going up straight through into League One. Yeah. We, it's a bit, we ended up, a bit of rivalry, wasn't it, that season with us and Carlisle? There was, yeah. It was... It, it was well, we, it was a bit hairy up there. The, certainly, the first season in the in the yeah. conference when they were um, throwing some items over the terrace at the back when we beat them three one. It was it was. Yeah. I don't That's know if you remember. Was, was, there anything, was there anything on the pitch um, with them that that particularly? Yeah, there was because I think they felt like they were too good to be in the conference, didn't they, at the time? Um, yeah, and we. I think that was probably one of our best away performances, wasn't it, Gunnar? Because that wasn't that the record-breaking crowd for the conference. Yeah, it was like nine thousand. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, that was quite intimidating going up. So was Kratz injured that game? So, yeah, we had Lee Roach. Yeah, to go up there and turn them over. Was it 3-1? 3-1, yeah. yeah. After that, was a great result if you look back. Um, but I think, I think there was a bit of rivalry because things, I think someone said something in our team said, I'll get the champers on ice or something like that. Yeah. I don't think they meant it like that. It was a physio or someone at the time. I think Carlisle heard them saying that, which wasn't the greatest thing to say, was it? Like, it was still a big part of the season to play, but... I think yeah, I don't, I can't remember who said it, but that that's what started the. Yeah, I think Scott Tyne was saying that it was a. Uh, I can't remember last week. Lisa was the physio or something at the start of that season. 
and uh, she yeah. he said something to Paul Simpson in the tunnel, and then it was quite satisfying. Though we at Underhill, we played them in that last game of the season when we'd already got promoted and we got the trophy that night. Um, oh yeah, they, yeah. They played Champagne Supernova by Oasis over the oh, tap. <laughs> we had like inflatable champagne bottles on the terrace. Oh, was it? Yeah. So, it was quite nice to remind them of that at the end, given out. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was good though. Yeah, so we, we, we went to Rushton, we got a result, we stayed up. Um, and you know, in the end, it, was, it looked like it was quite safe we finished 18. Um, yeah. For you, I think we sort of recognised the supporters that, you know, we'd had a tough season. But for, from your personal perspective, you know, you, you'd still been doing pretty well. You're still one of the best players within the team. Mm. Was there any talk that, was there any talk of uh, leaving the club at that point? Obviously, you moved on the, the following season. But was there any talk of... You leaving at all, or, or was um, it just like focused on staying? Yeah, I, I was focused on staying. So I was enjoying my football. I know it was a tough season, but for me personally, I felt I was progressing as a player. Um, so I felt more comfortable in that centre half role, um, challenging myself because obviously it's the first time I played for more games in League Two. Um, so yeah, all, all my focus was on staying at Barnet and doing the job for the team. Uh, but yeah, you start hearing a few movements. I think a few of the lads started saying that oh, you might be getting a move and things like that. You hear a few little rumours, but nothing. Nothing ever concrete, and you, you don't really know what goes on behind behind the scenes, kind of thing. So, uh, but no, my main goal was just 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 to stay at Barnet, and I was enjoying my football. And I also I, felt, I started to feel more settled in the area as well. Um, and still feel up good bonds with other lads there. So yeah, everything was going in the right direction for me personally as well. And did you did you get the sense going into that next season that we could sort of recover a little bit and then push on? We we actually had. You know, an okay season the next year, but again, we didn't really sort of push on to the next level that we might have expected to. Yeah. Um, did you did you find that maybe there was a little bit of sort of potential left on the table somewhere, or or that we that we didn't perhaps perform as we should have done? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, like I said, I think League Two is a tough league, and I just yeah, unfortunately, we just didn't kick on really, which I think a lot of the lads thought we might have done. Um, Maybe it just maybe budget size. Maybe we couldn't bring in more players. What we needed to freshen it up. Um, yeah, you, like, like I said, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Um, yeah, so yeah, I think we just kind of. Like, I think the main thing was just cementing ourselves in League Two and make sure we didn't go down to a conference game. So um, going to, going into that season, I can't really remember that season. Um, the one afterwards it wasn't the most remarkable one, but we 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 kind of we'd done well in terms of obviously we kept you for another season, which I think the fans were a bit surprised, but certainly pleased by. We still had Nicky Bailey there, we still had Dean Sinclair as well. I think all three of you left at the end of that season, but we we kind of got another year that maybe we didn't think we'd get of three key players, and also yeah. maybe the kind of signing that we were making was changing a little bit from what we were doing before because we brought in Trezor Candle towards the end of the season before, and oh, yeah, yeah. and Jason Punchin who strike me perhaps as two slightly different characters to the what you'd had before I yeah mean, the dynamic around the training ground and amongst the lads was it was it different when guys like that started coming in or did everyone kind of integrate and get on all right yeah i can remember yeah jason punch was good mates and nicky bailey's so they were always messing about they were quite funny together then so they're always fighting and messing about like but <laughs> jason punch i did it i can't remember how he did it his first period because i know he got better and better and better didn't he and then yeah. i think by the time i was leaving i thought he was quality player you could tell he was gonna make the step up again and like he did like um Barry so I'm just looking Barry Cogan uh Joe Devera starts coming through people like that so oh yeah yeah there's a, there's a little bit of there's a little bit of sort of newness in the side but uh yeah we we perhaps 
weren't picking up the sort of calibre of signing that was going to drive us to, to new levels like it did in yeah. the conference when Fair Club was in charge. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, because obviously when Fair Club came in, we picked up the likes of Nicky Bailey, Dingy Sinclair, and they were all key, key players, weren't they, that season? So, yeah, maybe we weren't getting the signings like that. But I think they're difficult, they're difficult to stumble across, aren't they, players like that, um, coming from lower leagues and doing so well, kind of thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean the one the one sort of standout moment for that season though was the <laughs> FA Cup run, which at the time was the best Barnet had done in terms of getting to the fourth round of the FA Cup. Um, uh, obviously, it started with a pretty, pretty probably nondescript game for the players. We had Gainsborough Trinity away on a wet and cold November. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, for us three, that was I think one of one of the most memorable in a really weird way of a way that we've <laughs> ever been to. It's a bizarre little place. Like there's just nothing there. Yeah, yeah. It just in the arse end of nowhere, like kind of never heard of it before. I mean, when, when that draw came out, us being quite excited, it was somewhere new to go. Yeah, um, we kind of we, we sort of slogged through it. Candle come off the bench and got two. We won three one. Um, yeah. And the next game was arguably our best performance of the season. I think we played Northampton in the second round, and um, it was when Adam Birchler just signed. And I think he had a great game, and we actually oh, played, played them off the park, beating four one. They were the league above us as well, so it was kind of oh in, yeah yeah into the third round we had. Uh, Colchester, which is a bit of a disappointing draw when obviously you've got all the big boys in there. And if yeah. the first game was postponed, then like you were saying earlier, we had one of those fantastic Tuesday night under the lights at Underhill. Uh, punch and scores an absolute screamer uh, to, to knock them out. Uh, they were in the championship at the time, so it was a bit of a, bit of a scalp. And it ended yeah. in Plymouth in the, the fourth round. Just wonder if, you know, your memories of that cup run and anything that stood out for you. Yeah, that was, yeah, because you always want to do, for a club like Barney, you always want to have a good FA Cup run. And yeah, we were doing well, like you said, the games you mentioned. Uh, Jason Punch scoring that winner. Um, was it Plymouth, wasn't it? We lost. Plymouth, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember that game. So I think we went into that game, I think we could, if we played well, and especially at the Underhill, uh, we had a chance of beating them, but unfortunately, they were a good team, though, weren't they? I think they were quite strong back then. They are. I don't, don't want to remind you, but they had Scott Sinclair, the guy who's gone on and obviously done well for Celtic and whatever, and I think he scored a goal where he ran. I don't want to bring up any bad memories. <laughs> the worst thing was, I went back to Oxford that night and I uh, went to a pub and saw a few of my mates and that, and it was one of those ones that, like, sports bars, so they had it showing all night, every hour of the show. <laughs> so, so I just had to try and drink my way through it. But every time, it was, wee, kiggy, got the on your ass there. The whole pub was cheering up, oh, I need to get out of here. Turn it off. Turn it off. But yeah, I'll never let live that down. <laughs> but yeah, it was a good goal to be fair, wasn't it? I remember that. <laughs> I don't know if that leads us to, to sort of the end of that season and and, um, and you moving on because you, you obviously signed for Gillingham. Um, and I've got a bit of a weird story, but it's it's, it's funny the things you uh, that you remember. Um, <laughs> so that that summit was just after you'd, you'd signed uh, for Gillingham, but there was a uh, a charity golf day that that summer. Um, yeah. For, Donny Gaz after he'd had that, that hideous accident um, and um, but, but yeah it was a golf day and then there was a dinner in the evening and again I wouldn't expect you to remember this but I was actually sat next to you in the, for, for the dinner actually yeah. um, and I've got two very distinct memories we'll do the order <laughs> one's a bit, bit weird and one's probably a bit more sensible but I remember there was a teller on the table that would not stop giving you grief about having just moved for Gillingham and, and you'd oh, actually really? explained the situation you'd, you'd, you'd explained how it had come about and um, and maybe you'll do that again for us in a second. But I, I remember this bloke just all all night would not just would not get off your case, thinking he was a bit of a joker and he, he was a bit of a wally, I think, really. But I, I, do, 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 do you remember um, how that Gillingham move came about first, and then we'll come to the second bit. I think it was through. I think a lot. It was lots to do with Hesse because Hesse come 
to Barnet, didn't they? Towards yeah. was it that season? When I, yeah, it would have been, wouldn't it? And I think he yeah. was good mates with the chairman at Gillingham, so I think he, he sung my praises and put a good word in. Um, yeah, but you don't really hear much about it. It's just kind of like just kind of like happened, really. Um, I went. Yeah, they said they put a bid in for me, so I had to go down for talks, and that was it, really. You don't really get much say in the matter, and if the club are prepared to sell you then, and they, they match the valuation, and that's kind of, that's done and dusted, really. You don't get much say in it, um, which was nice, because I wanted to get a bit of money for Barnet, so, because I've sort of had great four, was it four, four years there, um, memorable times, like what we've been talking about today, really. Um, so it's nice to give something back, in a way. I know it sounds a bit funny, like, financially, but give something back and um yeah and it just kind of it happened so quick and it, it tends to in football um, i remember you i remember you explaining it like that at, at the time as well and, and i think and again i might be wrong but it was i think the, the deal had been kind of done and then you you sort of caught up with it in some ways yeah the, 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 the fee had been agreed i think it was then a case of well i've got i've got to go um yeah and I think you, you did explain that um, quite clearly, but that fellow wasn't leaving you alone. Um, <laughs> that, that was the first thing I remember. The second thing is a bit of a weird, a weird one, but I'll, I'll mention it anyway because I, I thought it, it was a bit of a poignant moment anyway. I remember, I remember we had um, soup to start, and yeah. there's nothing more awkward than eating soup amongst people that you don't know, and it's all a bit of a thing. And also, <laughs> I guess for you as well, you've kind of got eyes on you. You're the, you're the kind of main of, event on that table, obviously. Yeah. And I just remember you, you were sort of, as you went to eat the soup, being a little bit kind of like looking around, is anyone watching? So I don't want to spill this and make an ass of myself. And, uh, I think I'd have been about 19 at the time. Um, I guess you'd have still been in your early 20s as well. And I, yeah. all of us growing up eating soup in front of people. But anyway, it's a weird moment, but I just thought it said a lot about you being a gentleman and, uh, and, and the fact that that would even but, worry you to, to think about that, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I probably spilled it all down my suit, didn't I? <laughs> I think you <laughs> we were all right. Yeah. That was, a, yeah. <laughs> that was a funny one. Worth bringing up anyway. Yeah, good memories. And you moved on to, to Gillingham and they were, I believe, in League One at the time. And, yeah. Uh, and, you, you know, you've had a, a pretty successful um, period there. Um, you know, you, you got sort of player of the season there and obviously you had the playoff uh, win at Wembley, um, which I think was a last-minute goal, if I remember. I think Simeon Jackson might have scored a, a, a yeah, last-minute goal. Right. And again, yeah. you sort of just described it as you sort of dream of playing at these places. And I know Wembley sort of, it was the new Wembley. Yeah. But that experience must have been up there amongst your sort of highlights of your career, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's always a few like real highlights. Yeah, Wembley, obviously winning the conference, uh, the Old Trafford. Yeah, and I'll put that up with kind of the memories of that, the real the real highlights and the pinnacle of my career kind of in these games. They're the ones you, yeah, you never forget kind of thing. Um, that spell at Gillingham, uh, just interesting because sort of from a Barnet perspective, were you playing under Mark Stimson? Yeah, so it's Roddy Jepson who signed me first and then he got sacked pretty early on uh, and then Mark Stimson come in. Because obviously yeah, he, he came to Barnet and it, and it really didn't work out very well at all. I just wondered like if, you know, from your experience as a player, we're not obviously expecting you to slate him or anything, but yeah, was was he a good manager? Did it maybe was there, you know, what was your experience playing under him? Yeah, well, it, it, I, I've put comparisons to uh, when Martin Allen left and Paul Fairclough came in. I'd say when Ronald Jepson left, he was kind of quite an intimidating figure, uh, and then Paul Stimson coming in, he he was completely different. 
Um, and a bit, bit like a poor fair club encouraged me to get on the ball and play football and suited me as a person again. So I'll put, definitely put comparisons then. But yeah, I, I had a good relationship with Stimo. Um, I don't quite know what happened to Barnett, really. I thought he'd do well there, but it's, it didn't. Obviously, you guys know a bit more. Yeah, it come together, I think. Yeah. I, it happens, doesn't it, sometimes? I think yeah. you get suit a certain club or, or, or whatever, and that one just didn't... Um, it didn't. Was Ian, was that the one where some people turned up at the ground just supporting Oh, yeah, we had, we had random Gillingham fans who used to come to watch Barnet while he was the manager. They'd bring, like, a Gillingham flag and everything. Oh, really? <laughs> they were Mark Stimson fans. They certainly left an, he left an impression on them, at least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Barnet so fondly. <laughs> yeah, we had, yeah. Sorry, go on. Go on. I was just gonna say, yeah, he had, he had a tough time at Jill's as well because it was a transitional period, a lot of different players. Um, and, but obviously, we did get promoted, so that was probably one of his highlights. Uh, but yeah, I, I always got on well with him. You know, yeah, like I said, I was quite surprised why it didn't work out, Barnet. But like you said, it sometimes just doesn't. The face doesn't fit. Doesn't doesn't match up. So no, it didn't kind of. Well, one, one of the questions, Simon, we've asked. I think everyone is. How, how you feel when you look back on, on your time at Barnet. And my brother did point out to me that no one's going to say anything other than yeah. uh, it's good and whatever. It's, it's, it's <laughs> um, even still, <laughs> um, when you look back at your time at Barnet, is it something that um, stands out in your career or is it, again, just, just part, part of a, a bigger thing? Um, no, I'd say, yeah, some of my fondest memories of Barnet. Um, initially, giving me that, that break in, in football, um, which which I'll always be grateful for. Um, also, yeah, just, I've just got nothing but fond memories. I remember just, it's just a feel-good club. I always, I always look back and just feel good. I just enjoyed my time there. And also, I had a great time on and off the field as well. I know socially, you could probably get away with it a bit more back then. But we, we used to have a great, great, great time with the lads, like going out and mingling with the fans and that. Um, like I said, you just get to know everyone at the club. Everyone associated with the club. And it is just a feel-good club. And that's how, it just, it's just fond memories. and. I know we used to go out quite a bit and have a good time, but equally we put the performance in on Saturday, which is the main thing. And you kind of like, we worked hard in training. I remember training; we used to be a proper feisty session because we were quite competitive and we were one of, we were all winners at the time. So, but yeah, my highlights at Barnet obviously scored some of the best goals in my career there. Um, winning the conference, do you know what I mean? That's, that's something that's going to go down in Barnet's history, isn't it? That no one can take that away from you. So well, yeah, when I look back, I've got nothing but fond memories and. It's been nice, nice looking back and remembering some of the old times. Because for me personally, it was it was pretty much all good times. I was pretty much in, injury free. I, I think I played thirty five plus games all four seasons. I was there probably quite a bit more in some of the seasons. So, do you know what I mean? Everything was kind of like going in the right direction for me. And it was nothing but good times. Yeah, and then for you personally, obviously you you've had that high at Gillingham um, of winning the playoffs, but then. Injury starts to starts to become a you know a, a problem. Yeah, um, and then you know I'm, I'm reading this I'm reading this beforehand and sort of saying that you didn't actually play again for about eighteen months after that after that Wembley win. Um, how does that sort of well what was going on and how does that sort of impact you as a as a footballer who's pretty much been in the first team playing regularly for the best part of six or seven years and then suddenly, yeah, exactly, you're, yeah. suddenly you're on the sidelines and, 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 and you know it's, 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 it must be very difficult to deal with yeah yeah extremely difficult yeah that's why I don't know if there's any pictures because I said I wouldn't get my hair cut for those 16 months I was out so I ended up on this big blonde mullet it looked <laughs> awful but that's just a little bit <laughs> private thing on the side but yeah it was 
it was so it was so tough. I don't think I've ever come to terms with it even now. I look back and like I said, I had a good solid six years playing week in, week out, played a lot of games and then it's got like efforts just taken away for you just like that. Just I think it was a pre-season friendly. I wasn't even supposed to be playing in it and just landed awkwardly and damaged all my cartilage. And unfortunately, it's one of those injuries doesn't doesn't heal itself. And then from then onwards, the rehab was just it was just painful rehab. Just never really could never get back to the player I was. And I was just I was just so and every time I run, I was in pain. And it just got to that stage because I don't know if you boys play much football outside of this. Um, it's something you love doing when that's taken away from you, even whatever level you play, it's, it's horrible. And I just, it was that painful that I just had to knock it on the head a few years later. I just couldn't do it anymore. And especially when the other ankle was giving me grief as well and had a couple of rations on both. It was just, there was just no light of the tunnel. And um, and I think the difficult thing, where I was kind of like working my way through Barnet, I was kind of like, I felt like I was progressing as a player, season on season and going to Gillingham and kicking on again in League One. Um, I felt like I was really coming into my prime, 26, I would have been 26, 27. I felt like, I know, a bit of a cliche, I felt like I had the world at my feet. We just got promoted, just got made a match at Wembley. Um, for me personally, everything was going in the right direction. Then to get that injury and everything's gone, finished, is kind of like really tough to take. And even, even talking about it now, it's, it's never really get over it. Because I think when towards, if you just retired at 35, 36, the end of your career, it's easier to kind of like swallow. But the way it kind of like the fashion that happened for me was was tough. Is yeah, that exactly. kind of difficult to, you know, thank you for speaking so honestly about that. Like, I just wonder, has that made it difficult to sort of, uh, I don't know, go, you know, you can go and watch football or re-engage with football still as someone who's clearly such a big football man to have had that taken away from you or has kind of time, if you like, healed that for you and you can sort of appreciate the game still now? Yeah, yeah, I think that's, yeah, exactly what you just said. I think, First couple of years, I fell out of love with it. I wasn't interested in it at all. Uh, maybe I was a bit bitter towards it. Maybe I was a bit disillusioned. I was a bit lost in, in life in general. I didn't know what to do because obviously that's all I've known since leaving school. Um, but now, yeah, no, as you get older, you also, obviously your priorities change in life. I've like Litland and wife and things move on and you do, you do move on from these things. And I, like, I, like, I, like, I still love football. I still love getting involved, like just sticking up few bets on the Saturday obviously you can't do it at the minute but yeah I still love watching it so yeah yeah I think you come to appreciate more kind of big U-turn kind of thing I felt in love with it a few years passed me by your life kind of moves on and then I just appreciate watching it now and enjoying it from a fan's point of view yeah and obviously, and obviously you've been able to look look back with us now and last year obviously you came back for the conference reunion thing yeah that was good that I really enjoyed that well um, so obviously you've looked back quite a bit. I just wonder, have you have you been back to Barnet at all for, since you left, or you know certainly since they moved to the Hive or anything? Yeah, no, I think because I actually I don't, I don't know if you remember I actually come nearly nearly on trial at Barnet again towards the end of my career when I think Robbo was in charge. Did he have oh. a brief spell there? He was number yeah, two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, "Do you want to come and train?" So yeah, I trained for a couple of weeks there just before I signed for Inverness, and I, I thought there might have been something there at Barnet, which would have been nice, but. Um, in a way, I'm glad I didn't because I didn't want to tarnish kind of like my going back a few years later. Obviously, not the same player and nowhere near the player I left. So probably best I didn't sign. But no, nothing, nothing materialised in the end. But yeah, that was the only time I went back, and then that's when I signed for Inverness, my final year. Um, but no, I kept saying I want to get back because I know Gratz is still involved in the club, isn't he? So hopefully, when everything's back up and running, I will try and get down there. Well, we must owe you a pint anyway for this, so uh, we'll try. Yeah, and, yeah. If you fancy it, when it, when it all kicks off again, maybe we'll try and um, yeah, get a few people back together and uh, have a couple of beers. Might be good fun. 
Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, that's why I enjoyed that reunion we did. Was it last year? Yeah. Yeah, boys that. yeah that was really I was good. There, I enjoyed yeah. that. Yeah, I wish it. Yeah, yeah, I remember seeing you. Yeah, yeah, that was good. And it's, it's always good reminiscing about, especially successful times. Like you done, like you could talk all day about that. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah it was good. It, it, I think it's, I think it's good to get, like, to hear you talk so sort of openly and honestly about how your career was curtailed in that way. And it's, I suppose, it's, it's good that you're able to now talk about things so fondly because obviously you talk yeah. about how you sort of fell out of love with the game. It, it, it's sometimes probably quite difficult to to look back on, I guess. And it's, it's good that you're able to yeah. sort of move on and move on. And, you know, there's other things going on now and, uh, and you can look back so fondly at what were great times in your, in your career and in your life, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong. Yeah. So I probably did have a few negative times, Barnett, but as a whole, I can't think of any bad times, Barnett. Everything was good memories. Like, which is, that's why I enjoyed chatting to you boys so much today. Like everything is fond memories, good times, nice out, the football we played, the lads I met, like, do you know what I mean? So, yeah, I think I think the feeling is certainly mutual. I know that uh, when we had you confirmed as a guest for this, there was a lot of very excited texts flying about from us. For a year. <laughs> definitely one of our favourite players down the years. And um, oh, uh, cheers, mate! Thanks for all the memories on the pitch. Thanks for sharing your time with us today. And I'm going to no, say problem. thank you for that goal at Aldershot. Never <laughs> <laughs> forget that. Yeah, no, I won't even, mate. No, I really appreciate that. And it's nice to have a chat with you boys and good to reminisce now about the old times. Take Robinson on. And there's goal of the season, Frank Murphy. Juliano Grazioli. Oh, absolute quality. I'm sure most people would say I was mad. It's time!